Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson, and I am here with... My co-host. With the, the, her co-host. What is your name? <laughs> Elizabeth Shaby. Elizabeth, it's good to see you today. We have, yet again, another special guest in the studio, in the office today. Here we go. Uh, Tiffany, introduce yourself. Hi. I'm Tiffany Yuzoji. <laughs> I work here at Northside in the music department. That's excellent. So yes. we are so excited to have you here with us today and looking forward to this conversation. Do you mind telling us how you got to Northside and what what did you do here? Sure. I started at Northside, um, I started as a substitute staff singer, just coming in on Sunday mornings to fill in for people. And then I started working here. Michael, fun fact, Michael Devine hired me when I was eight months pregnant to be, yes. So you guys, he has good faith in people. I was going to say. I could have disappeared. Um, (laughs) If you you can hire an eight month old pregnant woman. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, eight you, you can you can you can really do anything. <laughs> anyways so i started here as a staff singer and i was pregnant with my daughter and then um after i had her i started working in the office as michael's admin slash singer keeping slash them together whatever. yes yeah so what's that job like um it's fine yeah it's fine i will say there is no there are no two days alike mm-hmm. um some That's days nice. some days require a lot of singing some days require a lot of emails it just depends but um it's i like it because it's always being in contact with people Mm. helping people get together to worship and to work out the logistics so that sunday morning feels like a breeze Um, yeah so that's what i like to nice are you um what's what's kind of your background with with singing or or uh, being in worship in churches like have you served in other churches before which i have actually i grew up at a crazy church. I grew up in a mega church in Memphis, Tennessee at oh, Bellevue wow. Baptist Church. Um, I went there until I was 18. And then I went to school at Belmont for um, opera performance. And while I was there, I sang in another church. And then I went to school in uh, Baltimore at Hopkins, also for opera performance, and um, lived in D.C. for a while and worked there. So you like opera. I I'm, do I'm like picking opera. up a vibe here. I do like opera. I mean, I, I like opera. Um, but church music is fun too. Yeah. So. yeah. Sometimes they are the same level Sometimes. drama. Um, <laughs> yes, very close. Nice. nice. Not that far of a departure, quite frankly. I'm not. I am not. Um, I've not seen a lot of operas in my life, but I have seen Don Giovanni a couple of times, and I oh. love it. Oh well, we're doing that at the Atlanta Opera this I, season. I know. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I will be yeah. in it, so please come. Oh, yes. excellent! How please fun! Yes. Yeah, that's come. in January, maybe. It is in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will be there. Okay. For sure. Um, it's one of my, I say it's one of my favorite operas, but it's really the only opera I've ever seen. <laughs> well, that's a good one to like. And yeah, that's, right. It's, you know. I like it because it was Kierkegaard's favorite. And so oh. that's not why I like it, but that's why I went to see it the good first time. Of. But yeah, okay. it also just kind of relates a little bit. But, right. I don't know oh. anything about it. Okay. It's very, well, very creepy case. at the end. <laughs> What's your favorite opera? Oh, my favorite opera? Mm, my favorite opera is Madame Butterfly, and we're oh. doing that here in a few weeks. I'm so excited. Yeah? Yeah, it's just, I mean, the music is so beautiful, and the story is, I mean, the story is tragic, but it's just beautiful. I just, I love it. I love oh. all the pageantry and all of it. About, 
I also really like Aida, but Aida literally has animals in it, so it's hard to pull off here. But, <laughs> but it's so fun. So fun. Aww. So you are involved in uh, more than just at Northside. You are involved in the larger Atlanta music community. Yes. Yeah, well, I like to say that I am. But yeah, I um, so I, I sing with Atlanta Opera, and then I also sing... Um, a lot with uh, First Baptist Decatur. I have a good friend there. Oh, cool. um, so. And now you're singing at other churches. Well, no, not on Sunday mornings. I'm always here on Sunday mornings. <laughs> okay. These are All these right. are different times. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm always here. Eight thirty, eleven fifteen. Every single Sunday. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, that's funny. Well, that is one thing I really appreciate about our staff is we seem to have a lot of folks that are really engaged in whatever their particular scene is, other than the church. Like a lot of us don't just like come in and do the job and then go home and watch TV and go to sleep. Like you know, like you know, like especially all of y'all arts people down there, like you, you're involved in the community at large, which I think is really cool. Just like from a larger kingdom of God perspective, like we're taking culture and bringing it to the church and using it to inform what we do, which I think is really neat. Yeah. I appreciate I think, that. I think that's what makes a department like ours work though. I think yeah. if we kind of, if unfortunately if we just stay in our own little group and don't branch out or meet anybody, one, we won't have, we're not, we're not reaching a lot of people. We're yeah. only reaching the people that want to come here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, we're not, we're not, um, we're not opening ourselves up to new voices, new experiences, um, which I think makes a department grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's funny. Michael and I were just talking about this, um, about how nice I think it is. I love to sing, of course, but I love it when we have other people who are talented and lovely and are in the forefront and it is not me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. It, it takes away the hometown girl feeling of it and opens us up to look what's in our backyard. And, and also, we want, we want to bless you with an opportunity to come and sing for us. And oh. this is how we can share the love of Christ for you, by giving you an opportunity to share your art here. That's cool. Oh, that we I like it. that. So I, that's, I think that's really nice. Our department's kind of going in that way, um, which is really lovely. I have threatened many times to join the choir here at the church. Come on, we're ready. But, uh, Are you ready, ready for Garth Brooks? Is it because that's what you have to be ready for? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. Amazing that's where it goes. Grace. It doesn't matter where it starts; it always goes to Garth Brooks within like 30 seconds. I, I and that's generous. That. I mean, I, I do have a good time in the choir loft, so yeah. we would probably never be allowed to sit together. But I, <laughs> but I do that's have a hilarious. good time. <laughs> Um, so something that I asked Joshua and something that I asked Michael um, is, do you have, uh, like, I guess one way to ask this question is, how does your faith inform your service as, as singing in the church and, and all the things that you do? Um, or do you have, like, a, a theology of worship? Do you have, like, a, have, you, have you thought through, like, how worship plays a role in the church? I guess personally... I- you know, I have a hard time with this because of how I grew up and because of the mm-hmm. church I was in. The church I was in was very performance-based, as many mega churches are. Yeah. So mm. even from a young age, you when you were singing, you're taught, you know, you're on a camera, taught right. to look yeah. good. And and that was like back in the 90s, 80s. So, you know, um, yeah. so it was yeah. it was less less um, edited, edited as uh-huh. it is now. But um, for me, I really had to come to a point when I was in college when I got out of college because I'd been raised so with a, such a strong evangelical background that I really had to come to a point where I made a decision about if I was going to sing and why I was going to do it. And um, 
for a long time I did it because I made, if I'm being honest, I made good money. I made mm-hmm. good contacts. Yeah. Being in the South, it's kind of a thing to do. Yeah. Um, if you're a singer, you sing at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to Baltimore in D.C., I didn't sing for a while. I just kind of filled in for people or go now every now and then. Um, and I think moving back down here, we moved, my husband and I moved to Atlanta right before we got married um, in 2013. And moving back down here, what I found is that um, I needed to be in a place where I was singing in a church because of the ways that I had been kept, if you will. Um, yeah. Even through a tumultuous time in my 20s and early 30s, I had been kept and my voice had been still blessed um, Mm. even when I was not giving back to people and most importantly a lot of the people in my life um, especially in my college life were people of the church who supported me and who fed into me yeah and so now that I'm here I think that I come and sing every week yes because it's my job but also because I feel like the reason that I can't I can sing is because I have been blessed mm. and I have been blessed mm. whether or not I loved being at the at the mega church or whatever it has given me a foundation of the things that I'm supposed to have now yeah oh wow um and so I singing for me I love opera but the reason that I can sing is because somebody has taught me in a church yeah and so that's, that's really cool that's what wow. I try to do I also have two daughters who um I'm, as I'm teaching them now what it means to go to church and what it means to sing in church and what it means to perform in church and what and what that looks like, it's showing them how to lead in worship. And wow. um, I just feel like that's a gift I've been given. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I, I need to do it. As far as the broader congregation, you know, that's difficult because this is, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is an interesting, this is an interesting congregation in that um, everybody is very gifted and they are very specialized in yeah. what they're gifted yes, in. Yes, yes. And so um, it's not like an, an, a church where everybody just sings because we're supposed to. Right. So I really think it's interesting the people that do make the choice to come and sing. Yeah. If they're not singers. That's a very difficult thing to do in this church. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that a lot about Methodist churches in general. And maybe it's not. It's probably not just a Methodist thing. But um, a lot of folks are very uncomfortable singing even in just the congregation, even just uh, in, in the regular worship service, it's almost like you're talking about how specialized people are and everyone seems to be afraid to step out of their lane a little bit. Um, or that's they, or, not my gift, so I can't do that. That's not my right, gift, right. right. I'm not a singer. So, But as we were talking with Michael last week, um, to, to praise God, to sing praises to God is the most repeated command in all of Scripture. And it doesn't really have a caveat on it, only if you can sing. It doesn't say, you know, it's, it's for everyone. It's not for all creation, really. Um, but that is, I, I do see that too here at Northside Church for sure. That kind of specialization. I I think it it makes honestly it it makes the congregation richer and yeah so interesting. Um, but a lot of times when I, I, I when I um, come up to people and say, "Do you want to join the choir?" The first <laughs> response is, "Oh, I could never, I, <laughs> I could never sing with you all. You are so lovely." And I, and I uh, um. And so it, it it's it is an interesting it's an interesting group to lead. But yeah. I will say this is also maybe the most appreciative congregation I've ever really yeah. okay I, yeah I I especially like Christmas um oh, yeah. how it's packed for Christmas and yeah. people are just I mean we're we're doing carols and people are just so overwhelmed and right. so overjoyed so it's 
Yeah, it's. I, I think that every congregation has a personality. And yeah, so oh, that's, that's cool. good. That's a good way to think about it. It's, it's funny. That. This is not exactly the same thing, but you mentioned the gratitude, and that's something I've noticed serving at Wednesday night dinner. Yes. Everyone is so grateful. Yes. It is the sweetest darn thing. Like, you know, like people come through the line, and everyone is like, "Oh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for serving. Thank you for the food." And it's. Like all ages and stages and everything, exactly. it is. Yeah, it's so sweet. So and I, so I got that vibe too. Is like we have a very grateful con- congregation. Really neat. Absolutely. I and I, it is a pleasure to be here. And again, I, I do not know where this is all going to take me, but I know that um, for whatever reason, this is the opportunity that pre- was presented yeah. to me. And I, I joke about starting to sing here when I was pregnant, but as a young, as a new mom getting this job and being here, I was, I felt and still feel incredibly blessed that I'm surrounded by all these people who love me and love my children. So honestly, that's really cool. Whatever the call is, (laughs) I will be here. (laughs) Whatever it is. That's awesome. All right. Well, Tiffany, you're here today to talk about Soldiers of Christ Arise, mm-hmm. number 513 in the Methodist hymnal. Are we going to sing it? Yeah, no, we are not. <laughs> if you want to sing it for us. No, I, 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 no I will not. Thank you. Um, Thank you. This That's was okay. the, the text that uh, Bill preached on on Sunday. And um, I asked you why you, you uh, I would ask you why you chose to come on this day for this hymn. But you said this was the only day that worked for you. So it wasn't particularly for this hymn. Listen, this is, we're all slaves to the preschool schedule so here we are here we are today it's funny i no, i you know i thought a lot about this hymn um i i talked to michael about this too i am not usually one that is a lover of warfare themed Mm -hmm. hymns okay yeah um i this there's this one there's also um you know, onward Christian soldiers. Yeah, that's there's, a big one. You know that there's a lot of these hymns that feel like very wartime yeah. themed, and the now church militant, as Bill calls it. Yes, the church militant. Yeah. Yes, he does say that a lot. But I, um, for me, and maybe this is just because of the time I have lived, I, uh, warfare type hymns make me uncomfortable, and yeah. I, because it's such, you know, it's such strong language. Um, your summons cheerfully obey. You know, it feels very, um, I guess, not the language that I use. And quite frankly, not the language that I feel a lot of us use right. when we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And my my big question with all this a lot of times is, yes, we're putting on the full armor of God to shield us from the devil's schemes. But it doesn't always come across that way in these hymns. No. It seems like we're fighting somebody else. Mm-hmm. And who are we, are we, who are we fighting? That is always my question with these. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It, it, it does seem as though uh, this hymn and, and Onward Christian Soldiers, uh, those two in conversation, I think are interesting, but a little bit more offensive than defensive yes. In, yes. in attack. Right. Yes. And mm. uh, like you, I have, I have, a profound uncomfortability with uh, with the military kind of metaphor for for people of faith. I think that I think that's kind of the point of what Paul was saying in the in the passage that Bill preached about that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and authorities. And um, the armor of God that he that he then uses as a metaphor and talks about this, you know, the helmet of salvation. Uh, these are all defensive things. 
that he's describing. He's not describing even the sword that he describes is a is a defensive sword. It's not like the thing that you would you go into battle with. My first curiosity is how does someone? I mean, I don't have any direct. I'm not. I don't come from like a military family, and so I don't. I don't have any like really direct experience with that. So my curiosity would be for someone who does. How would they read this? Yeah. How would they take it? Because for me, I can use it as like, all right, maybe you know the church kind of repurposing language that, you know, is common to people you know repurposing it reimagining it you know like all right you guys you know how it looks like you know how it feels to put on a helmet so let's use that and mm-hmm. think about it in a different way how can we do this for god um i don't know yeah I mean, I, and i'm thinking about like the uh what is the there's another one something about coming down to the riverside and studying war no more that's the first thing i think of right yeah. like wait no we're supposed to none of this isaiah chapter two <laughs> right study war no more no battles. Uh, yeah, that I mean, and that's kind of where I'm coming from in the sense of like, I think that the the kingdom of God and the church are supposed to be um, beacons of peace. I think that Jesus was was a beacon of peace, and I think that we, you know, I'm personally I'm a pacifist, and I kind of feel like the kingdom of God is is pacifist in that way. Although there are many people who disagree, and that's okay. Um, so to to color ourselves and to sing ourselves as as soldiers. Uh, Man, that, that just comes off. It just hits me wrong, I guess. It's, it takes me out of the worship experience. Uh, I mean, I think if we think about Charles Wesley writing this. Yeah, and that's it. In, okay. It, it, well, no, go ahead. What no, no, no. I, that, that's one question I had. Um, and I doubt, I don't know if anyone knows the history of this hymn. Uh, maybe maybe Tiffany can enlighten us. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm thinking he wrote this in 1749. Like, what, what's going on in yeah. Charles's time that would encourage him to write this? So, I don't know. Right. So if he's living in the midst of wartime Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's reaching people who are also living Mm -hmm. in that time, then yes, then this would this would be something that would reach people. Is it's not my it's not my favorite hymn text. However, I did like the way that Bill preached on it on Sunday mm-hmm. and, and, and going back to the armor of God. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, to reiterate that we are a people that do believe in the devil mm-hmm. and angels mm-hmm. and spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And when you say something like that, well, of course, yeah. then yes, yeah. then yes. And so I think if, if I can, if I can take out the warf- warfare language and really just think about spiritual Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not, not something that I am personally fighting. That also makes me feel better, too, because I'm not personally somebody who would go and fight. I do like to win. <laughs> Chili cook-offs. <laughs> Dr. Bill <Hey>. Burt. Oh. <laughs> but, but, but. Oh, I, man, it, shots it, fired. <laughs> <laughs> but in my daily life, no, it's not something. So I, it, it was it was nice to, to think about it in a spiritual warfare type. Yeah. Way. But. And I think that's what yeah. Paul was talking about. And yeah. I guess if you use it in that sense, that is something that we don't talk about a lot. It's the spiritual warfare aspect of it um, and where our struggle actually is as the church and that we're, we are fighting things that are behind the scenes mostly. You know, the, our struggle is against things that we can't see. And even the, even the, even the violence of, of uh, uh, physical human beings or, 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 or whatever that we fight against, like it, that there's a bigger, more evil thing behind the scenes kind of controlling what's happening or not controlling, but influencing what's happening. I don't know. Um, that's a bigger conversation maybe than. 
I mean, I, I, I like that. And that's helpful for me. I, I, maybe I'm just not as peaceful of a person as you are, which probably seems like definitely true. Um, but like that acknowledging the sense that there is something that we are up against that does that actually helps me it feels better because it's like it's not just like oh you know you're a people of god and you're yeah. peaceful and you're good and you're all the things i'm like yeah i don't i don't feel that I, i'm not i, I need to fight it. somebody well no it's <laughs> like there's something inside of me that is like clearly not all those things all the time and so yeah. there is something that i feel like i'm struggling against and have to like do better than and oh, so that idea you. Yeah, you know it's like yeah. there is something you have to master you know and maybe it's not necessarily like a I got to go into the world fighting, but it's like, you know, there's a, some sort of spiritual force, some sort of thing, right? You know, like we struggle with anger, we struggle with depression, we struggle with, you know, all these things. And so it's helpful for me in that sense to be like, okay, you know what? There is something I'm struggling against and it's okay to struggle and we'll get there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think I love that personal struggles, things that I know that I have in my heart that I am struggling with and how do I arm myself against Mm. that? is wonderful i th- i think where i have trouble is uh, the thought of fighting another person yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i and, and totally but but no if we're talking about things that we're warring against you know do you remember those there were there were a few books back like in the 90s 2000s frank peretti i want to oh, say well, yeah do you remember those <laughs> light, books? light in the yes. darkness books yeah yes uh-huh. yes those were really popular for a while oh man um i, I think we grew up in the same circles i i, I think so, <laughs> I think so. but um but I think those fell out of popularity, and yeah. so now. But it was it was very cool to talk about that. Oh, absolutely, point, I you know. That. I, yeah, it was. Like, oh, I, I feel this happening or this happening, and yeah. that's not really in the yeah, zeitgeist anymore. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, definitely not. Definitely not at Northside. I, mm-hmm. I will say that that is something that um, I, yeah, when I was younger, like talking about the influence of the devil and spiritual forces all around, were was such a thing, uh, and. We don't talk about that stuff anymore, or at least no. not here. Um, it's fascinating. I, that's something that we should explore at some point. Um, Tiffany, this is um, you clearly not your favorite hymn. Uh, do you have a favorite hymn that you might want to discuss? Mm. Or one that speaks to you on a regular basis? Tell me it's Amazing Grace. No, it's not. Uh, well, I do, I do like Amazing Grace. <laughs> she almost blew that one off, folks. <laughs> I love Amazing Grace. Not that him again. We had Michael saying Amazing Grace to the tune of Joy to the World that last week, and that was odd, weird. Oh, okay. Amazing I, I Grace, how sweet those sound. Okay. I, my favorite. Cool. <laughs> oh I, I believe he did that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love him. Believing, I but. love him. Um <laughs> Uh, my favorite hymn is, you know, is Be That My Vision. Mm, that's a good one. So we, we sang that at my, at my wedding. Um, funny story. None of my bridesmaids or groomsmen knew the words. So I had to turn around and mouth the words to everybody so that they would know it. It was the one thing I asked everybody to do. Is that something you didn't know before the service started? No. Well, no, because in inviting them. I said, I said, hey y'all, this is this is our this is the hymn we're gonna sing at our wedding. You have one job. <laughs> we sang that and joy to the world because we got married in December. And so I said, oh, oh, cool. Come on, guys, let's let's learn this. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> be that my vision. <laughs> um, that is my favorite hymn. Um, we 
the fun fact the choir sang it both times the girls were baptized so they both did they know cool. that did they yes. that was okay yeah okay. that's really that was just cool. coincidence that would have been amazing that. yeah um what do you love about this hymn so much oh uh, you know this hymn is some one that always has spoken to me i i feel like in every stage of life i'm constantly looking for the next step um and especially um, these days in leading children and, and the monotony of the day-to-day, um, what is the end point? Um, mm. It's very, I, I, I spend a lot of time in um, a lot of just prayer for my children and prayer for what their lives look like and what, and am I doing the right thing? And, yeah. um, but this has always spoken to me. I sang this a lot in high school thinking about what, what was, what was I going to do in college? Yeah. Um, after college, where am I, where am I supposed to be? Who am yeah. I supposed to be with? And I think yeah. that's for me, I, I, to not know um, what's next, and, but to know that there is a plan and there, there is mm-hmm. um, a way to walk in um, is really comforting to me. Yeah. So that's, yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah. That's uh that's one of my favorites too. And uh, there was actually a song that Matt was singing in contemporary worship yesterday, not yesterday, but Sunday that had a lot of the same language, uh, but it was not, it wasn't this hymn, oh, okay. but it was talking about, um, hmm. give me vision, give me wisdom, you know, and these yeah. kinds of things and, uh, the yeah. popular themes. More of, more of you, less of me. Is there a thing. particular arrangement of this hymn that you prefer or is it just whatever's in the hymn? That's the way go. Um, with. well the choir sang the John Rutter arrangement oh. when my girls were baptized. Um, the best line for me is heart of my own heart, whatever befall. That's, mm. um, that, that's really the best best line for me just this um to know that someone is coming alongside you and praying with you and i i I think it's just so amazing to think of that happening even though he has the he already knows what's going to happen but he's still in the trenches with you yeah Yeah. um praying you through until you were able to see what it is um and again just i i feel like my life has been so up till now is my 30 years um, <laughs> has just been a life that has really been guided by um, the Lord's provision. I yeah. um, some would call it a lot of luck, but I call it a lot of blessing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's my favorite hymn. That is, that's really cool. Something that, that's helpful, like a, um, maybe not, I don't know, a spiritual practice. I don't know if that's the right word, but like, I think we spend a lot of time worrying about the future and what's going to come, but to instead look back and see where God guided and where God provided and how God showed up and instead of worrying about the future thinking that okay well there's a pattern here and exactly a pattern of it, a lot of I yeah. mean for me at least a lot of grace and a lot yeah. of a yeah. lot of blessings and so. I think that takes eyes to see like if if you know you have to you have to practice seeing that you know I think we can all we can all see that we just have to look for it right yeah right good it reminds me a lot of um what this hymn has always reminded me of is the story of, of uh, Peter walking out of the boat and toward yes. Jesus. And as long as he kept his eyes on Christ, like he, he had no problem walking. But then when he, when his vision you know, started going, looking around the storm and the wind and whatever, and that's when he started to sink. But even yes. then Jesus pulled him out of the water. So I, it's uh, mm-hmm. this idea of, of Christ, our vision, um, powerful one, powerful one, particularly in times where it's hard for us to see. Yeah. Yes.
Well, Tiffany, what is uh, as we kind of wrap up, what is uh, what's next for you in life? Do you have what is your vision for for the future for you? Any Oof. any big plans? I know you. So you said you're going to be, um, you're part of the opera crew here opera, in Atlanta, yes. so you'll be performing. Yes, I'll be in all um, the productions this year, and um, we're doing Messiah here at Northside in April. And um, my husband and I are about to celebrate 10 years together. Oh, so congratulations. Wow. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, another awesome. miracle. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm very entrenched in young childrenhood. So yeah. um, um, we are living day to day. But I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I'm just, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, yeah. and thank you for your service and, and your, your gift here at Northside Church. Thank you. Thank, All you, right. thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll see you guys next week.